0: Is are you the cousin or the brother? Okay. Edmund Chan has a lot of hair, okay? And I think they were like twins, okay? Uh, Edmund went out first and then he didn't want to go out. He held on to the hair of Desmond and he happened to pull it out. Okay, just kidding. You know, I love this brother. He knows that every time I joke like this. It's not meant to offend, but it's rather, it's rather to say that we are very close to him. He does the same thing to me. Okay? Uh, he who has the mic has the power, right? Okay. You know, Desmond and I worked together since I was in Manila. In fact, when I was in charge of the training department of CCF, Manila, he was assigned to me. So, I'm his boss, okay? And no, he took over my job when I came to, Man- when I came to the U.S., and he's been in charge of training. And he's now in charge of the Global Leadership Center, where you will see, it's amazing, how we convert a simple believer to a multiplier, right? And that's how we see all of us, all of you. You have no business not growing. You have to grow. And as you grow, you will multiply. And that's the program that he has developed and has been in charge of. This morning, we're privileged to have them. Uh, Pastor Desmond, would you please stand? And of course, the lovely wife Jojo. Okay. He's here to give us God's message that He has God has impressed upon him. Pastor Des, give him a big hand, please.
1: Good morning, church. Thank you, Danny, for that introduction. I should say wonderful, pero. Just introduction, you know, indeed he is my boss, and uh, uh, he used to be the director for training. Uh, you may not be aware, but uh, concurrently, if you are the director for training, you also champion small group. And so I believe that Danny here is indeed a good champion, a very good champion for small group. Nakabawi <laughs> eh, Nakabawi din, ano? You know, it's nice to be here in L.A. Uh, I realize, though, that when you are in a foreign land, they change your name. For example, uh, I remember back home, um, Pastor Danny is called Danilo Perez. When he was invited to uh, uh, lead the ministry in Binondo with many Chinese, they changed his name to Danny Pe. But back here, here in L.A., I think they call you Danny Perez. Okay, Perez. So in a foreign land, I think that's what they do. They change your name. I remember one time I was invited to speak in a Chinese church. So this is not an American church, but a Chinese church. And I was introduced as Desmond Chan. <laughs> so I tried to correct them, and I said, No, ma'am, that's Desmond Chan. Ah, Demon Chan. Doesn't <laughs> sound so good. I praise God for the letter S in my name. And I had some uh, reflection, contemplation about that. I went back home. I realized I praise God that my surname is Chan. Now, we're not actually Chan. We're actually... My dad came from China. And uh, my... Our surname, my Chinese name is Yong Tai Yong is the surname, and I praise God that when he came here, he bought the name Chan. If not, I will be introduced as Demon Yong. (laughs) That's why God has a great plan for me, changing everything. (laughs) I hope you won't introduce me that way. Well, as Pastor Danny Teres mentioned, uh, I, I lead the Global Leadership Center or GLC. How many of you uh, have been through GLC when you were back in the Philippines? Quite a number of you, so praise God. You know, these people who've been through GLC, they changed the name as well. It's no longer called Global Leadership Center. They call it Great Looking Christians. Okay, So if you want to become a great-looking Christian, you want to be part of that, then please join us as we launch GLC over here in uh, CCF LA. So that's what I would like to talk about here. Uh, let me first introduce what uh, GLC is all about. Well, GLC basically is the equipping arm of CCF, Christ Commission Fellowship. We are the equipping arm of CCF. In other words, we train and we develop uh, members to become leaders who will champion our mission, vision, and of course, our core values. Now, just out of curiosity, are you familiar with our mission? Why is CCF LA here? Why do we exist? Do you know our mission? Why are we here? Why is CCF here in LA? To make Christ-committed... Followers who will make Christ-committed followers. Okay? Um, our senior pastor, Peter Tanchi, fondly call it CCF squared. Christ-committed followers who will make Christ-committed followers. That's what we're here for. We're not here to just make converts. Some people are afraid of that. We're not here to make converts. As the Bible says, we are here to make Disciples, not just, not even to make uh, everyone else Christians. Are you aware that the word Christian is not mentioned in the Word of God many times? Okay, very few times will you hear them, or will you see that in the Word of God? In fact, the believers in the New Testament in the Bible are actually called disciples, disciples, or uh, plainly followers of Jesus Christ. And so today it's easy to call yourself are you, are you a Christian just because you're born in a Christian family or a Christian nation like Philippines that's what we call them we call our country the only Asian uh, the only Christian country in Asia and America is America a Christian nation most people would say yes but the question is if you call yourself a Christian are you a follower of Jesus Christ Okay? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? You know, one time, um, let me just illustrate how important this is. Christians or disciples or followers are is not just a name we call ourselves. Okay? It affects everything about you. It affects your entire being. You know, one time, uh, I know I don't know if this is true, but uh, um, I saw it in the internet and I heard it from somebody. He said that one day. Um, Alexander the Great just came from a victorious battle. As always, he conquered two-thirds of the world. And uh, on the way back to his palace, he saw one of his guards guarding the gate. He saw him sleeping. Now, Alexander the Great is a great general. And one of his policies is that you cannot sleep on duty. And the penalty of that is death. So immediately the following day, he called the soldier. He called the guard, the gate guard. And he asked the guard, are you aware that you were sleeping on duty? The guard was trembling in fear. Are you aware the penalty for sleeping on duty? Okay. So all the more, he was so afraid. But Alexander asked the soldier, soldier, what is your name? He couldn't answer, but Alexander the Great got so angry, Soldier, what is your name? And so, fearfully, the soldier answered, Sir, my name is Alexander. Apparently, they have the same name. Sa Tagalog, Tokayo. tawag natin diyon? Tocayo. Tocayo. And so, Alexander the Great was taken aback, but immediately he said, Alright, I will spare you on this condition. Either you change your name, because you cannot call yourself Alexander and live the way you do, or you change your life. If you want to be called Christians in the same way, you ought to live like Christ. So name is not just, or Christian is not just a name we call ourselves, just plainly because we were born in a Christian nation, or we were born in a Christian family. We call ourselves Christians or followers of Jesus Christ because we ought to live like Him. And that's what making disciples is all about. And GLC is committed to equip the believers to become a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Not just by name, but by our behavior, by our life. It must be lived out. And that's why I praise God that I think for the past few weeks, you've been going through the four pillars of discipleship. Okay, And I think the last one is Christ-likeness. And that's what a disciple means. Christ-like. In fact, when Jesus was on earth, that's what His ministry is all about. Are you aware that the Lord simply had three years of ministry? But that ministry is so powerful that up to today, there's still a lot of people following him and it will continue on until he comes back. Now, when he was still here, his ministry was uh, to invite and challenge everyone to become his followers. In fact, this is what he said. And this is what the Bible says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Are you familiar of that? That's the invitation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come. Come is an invitation to a relationship. Not an invitation to a religion. So, if you're wondering, is CCF a religion? What kind of religion? No, we're not a religion. Because the Bible says that it's not religion that matters. Because Jesus came not to invite you and me to a religion. But invite you and me into a relationship. Loving relationship with Him. So when He said, come, He invites everyone to come into a relationship with Him so that we can be saved and experience salvation, forgiveness from our sins. But He did not simply say, come. He also said, follow me. Come is an invitation to a relationship. But follow me is a summon to discipleship. It's a command to discipleship. It's a command to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Come, follow me. And then he said, then I will make you. Unless you come, unless you follow, the Lord cannot make you. I will make you is a promise of transformation. A promise of being changed from the inside out. We sang a beautiful song a while ago. Is it easy to change? Just because you're here, have you forgotten your Filipino ways? Filipinos? Just because you're in America, have you forgotten your Filipino ways? No. Is it easy to change your ways? Your way of living? It's not. It's not easy. But the Bible says, Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you. It's a promise of transformation. It's God's work to transform you. It's not our job. It's not the job of the pastors. It's not the job of the leaders. It's God's commitment to those who follow him. And so if you're committed to following Jesus, guess what? The Lord will change you. Not just your name, but your life. Everything about you. Come follow me and I will make you. I will make you is a promise of transformation. But he also said, I will make you into what? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. And that is so that you can do the same for others. As the Lord has chosen you and discipled you, as you follow him and as he transformed you, you go out and do the same you go out and become fishers of men and you make disciples and that's what CCF is all about and that's what GLC is committed to do and I praise God that your leadership has decided also to uh, do the same and to implement or launch GLC over here so in the next few weeks you you will hear more about how you can also learn how what it means to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ as you go through our GLC um, curriculum. This morning, I'd like to share with you, in line with that, a topic called following God. Since we are called to be a follower, I'd like to talk to you about how do you and I follow God or follow Jesus, and what are some of the reasons why people don't, some people don't, but some people do, and they give their lives to following Jesus. Our passage. Our passage is found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. If uh, you don't mind, church, will I ask? Can I ask of you all of you to please stand up? And will you please read it from the screen? Our scripture this morning is found in Malachi chapter 3 verse 13 to 18. Beginning from verse 13, will you please read it aloud beginning now. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we commit this time to you as we look into your words. Father, I pray that you will minister to us, that you will speak to each one of us. Will you be our teacher this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Will you please take your seats? Now, here in this passage, you see two groups of people. The first group, they say something. They, these two groups of people say different things about following Jesus or following God, serving Him. And the first one said that they, the first group said following God is useless. And that's what we see immediately in the passage where it says in verse 13, the Lord begins this conversation with these two groups of people. And He said, your words pointing to the first group. Your words have been arrogant against me. Now, in Tagalog, what's arrogant? Mayabang. I don't think Filipinos like arrogant people. Mayabang. Though sometimes, tayo din, ano? Uh, We are also mayabang. But how is that this first group uh, been arrogant before God? How are they arrogant before Him? Well, this is the accusation of God for this group. You say, and... Uh, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? And this is the accusation of God. You have said, definitely, not, probably not verbally, but in their hearts, you have said it is vain to serve God. In other words, it's vain to follow Him. It's useless to honor and glorify God. That's what this first group is saying. Not only are they saying following God is useless, they also say following God is unprofitable verse 14 and what profit is it that we have kept his charge in other words this first group of people they're saying what profit is it that we are obeying his commands and that we have walked in mourning in other words they've been suffering as a result of their commitment to god they they were suffering walking in mourning before the lord of hosts and so they say Serving God, following God is not just useless, but it is also unprofitable. Okay? And thirdly, they are saying that the wicked are blessed and they go unpunished. So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, in other words, everything seems to be doing well, though they are not following God, but they Not only are they doing well, but they also test God. In other words, their lives, they seem to be testing God, and they seem to get away with it. So this is what this first group is saying about following God. Following God is useless, following God is unprofitable, and the wicked are blessed and they go unpunished. Now, brothers and sisters, have you ever felt this way before? You know, many times, uh, as I look back in my walk with the Lord, there were times when I felt this way. In fact, I can relate to another passage in uh, in in the Bible, in Psalm 73, uh, where it says basically the same sentiments. And in this passage, we will look at reasons why, some people could say such a thing. And of course, the first reason there is that they have an eye problem. Now, let me explain that using Psalm 73 uh, as uh, the basis. Psalm 73 goes this way. Verse 1 says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Okay. Uh, The psalmist, the author of this psalm, begins with a very good premise, that God is good, and that He is with those who are pure in heart. But then immediately in verse 2, though God is good, and He is close to those who are pure in heart, that is not His experience. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe that God is good? On the other hand, is that how you experience Him is that how you are experiencing life, that God is good? Now, Sometimes what we believe and what we experience are not the same. And that seems to be the case for this psalmist, the author of this psalm. He said, God is good, but as for me, in verse 2, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. Why? Verse 3 tells us the reason why. For I was envious of the arrogant, When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, and I think that's the problem right there. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, the psalmist started out having a good perspective of God and life. God is good, therefore life will be good. But then something changes. As you move on to the psalm, he said, I almost sleep and stumble. Why is that? Verse 3 tells us the reason why. The psalmist had an eye problem. It says there, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. In other words, when you start comparing yourself with others. Have you done that? You know, I think that's one of the worst things you can do in life. To start comparing yourself with others. Okay? When you compare yourself with others, there will always be somebody... Someone out there richer than you. You may have your millions already or even your billions. But when you start comparing your others, you will start saying, how come I don't have that much? Because there will always be somebody richer than you. But the fact is, there are also others poorer than you. Amen? There's always somebody better looking than you. Okay. But of course, there are others that are even uglier than you. Now, don't look at your neighbor. There's, there. If you start comparing yourself with others, there will always be somebody taller than you. Okay? Bato-bato sa langit. There will always be somebody better than you. So, the psalmist had this problem because he started comparing himself with the wicked, And he saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains. And this is what he said. When he started looking at the world, this is what he concluded. And this is what's, uh, what will happen if you are looking at the wrong things. You will arrive at the wrong conclusion. Because he started looking at the world and he came up with this wrong conclusion. For there are no pains in their body. And their body is fat. In other words, they are having a good time in life. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Have you ever felt that way or thought this way? Lord, bakit sila. They don't follow you. They don't serve you. They don't worship you. And yet, they're prospering, and yet they are blessed. They seem to be happy in life. Have you ever felt that way? As you start comparing yourself, you know, there were many times, you know, ako po ay Ilocano. Who among you here speaks Ilocano? Okay. Um, not many. You know, I'm ilokanong in chick. And they say that's dobleng koripot. Okay, I'm stingy. In other words, Chinese and Ilocanos are known for being stingy. Okay. Though, of course, uh, my parents are from, my dad is from China. Okay. Uh, but I grew up in, uh, La Union, San Fernando, La Union. And so, um, ang tawag nila samin amin eh, Ilocanong in Czech. And there were many of us in, in CCF that are really kuripot And I, I I think I follow after our senior pastor. Kuripot <laughs> din But anyway, every time I go back home and see my friends, see my classmates and how they are uh the owners of this establishment and how they they're prospering in spite of the kind of life they live. And me going back, having served the Lord for 22 years, I started to compare. Lord, ang ganda ng bahay nila. Lord, ang dami nilang koche. Lord, their buildings are are nice. They're 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 prospering a lot. And I started to compare myself. 22 years after, Lord, how come I'm so far away from them? And so whenever I go back home, I feel I feel envious of my friends. Have you ever felt that way? Every time I go home, I feel that way. I am also prone to having an eye problem. And that's what you get when you start comparing yourself. I don't have a house of my own. I, I don't own my car. I don't have lots of zeros. Actually, it's all zero. <laughs> but there's no number before that. And so I start comparing myself. Lord, if how come you called me into the ministry too early? Too early, because immediately after college, I went to the seminary. And after that, um, I served the Lord. And of course, the bonus is being being able to meet my wife. Okay, That's the bonus. I may not be rich, but I have a beautiful wife. Okay, But when I go home, I start comparing myself. And sometimes I feel so bad about myself. And that's what uh, the psalmist is experiencing here. How come... Sila, parang ang saya ng buhay nila. Their life is so so rich, so full, but not me. In fact, that's what the psalmist said. I am in trouble. I am plagued. Verse 13, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. For I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. Can you imagine the experience of the psalmist? Verse 14 says, Sa Tagalog, araw-araw na lang na ng Diyos. Puro problema. Puro problema. Every day, I am stricken with problems. Problems chased after me every morning. Have you ever felt that way? Who among you have problems today? Wow. Okay. Money is your problem. Go see your pastor over here. (laughs) You know, Christian or not, you and I will have problems. Christian or not, you and I will suffer or will have some kind of suffering in this life. So it's not true, though you may feel that way and that's how the Psalmists feel that because of following God, he is suffering every day. That's not true. Okay, but when you start looking and comparing yourself it affects the heart okay and that's very uh, and and that's the reason why probably the first group is saying such things against God but the psalmist did not end there the psalmist did not end with just complaints and comparing himself with the wicked something changes and the changes begin in verse 17 where it says until i came into the sanctuary Now, the word sanctuary can be translated temple of God. Uh, Until I entered the church of God. In other words, a place where you can hear God speaking to you. A place where you can hear the word of God speaking to you, giving you wisdom in light of your experience. And that changes the entire picture. Until I came into the sanctuary of God, His perspective Then I perceive their end, he said. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors like a dream. When one awakes, O Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. And that's the key. But later on, we will discuss more of that. And that's the reason why I think the first group were saying, Serving God is useless. It's unprofitable, and look at the wicked. They go unpunished, and they are blessed. Why? How can they say those things? First of all, because they have an eye problem. And so my recommendation to all of us, if you are feeling that way, don't look around. Don't look around you. Instead, look up. Instead, look up. So will you please look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Now, say to your neighbor, don't look around. Look up. Don't compare yourself with others, but go into the sanctuary of God and see things at the right perspective. Second reason why they can say such things against God is that they have a heart problem. Do you have a heart problem? Not physically, but spiritually. In Matthew 24, verse 34, the Bible says, Ye offspring of vipers. Now, since most of us here are Filipinos, let me ask you again. Sa Tagalog, in Tagalog, how do you translate ye offspring of vipers? Ikaw, anak ng pipaklong. <laughs> we don't say that here. okay? But that's what the Bible says. Ye offspring of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? Why? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth Speaks. How can they such things say such things against God? Because they have a heart problem. And same thing with the Psalmist. When he looks at the prosperity, prosperity of the wicked, he said, I was envious. I was envious. Envy is a heart problem. You know, because of my ministry. I go around wherever there is a CCF satellite church. And you are aware probably that we have a church in Singapore. Now, early this year, I was invited, my wife and I, uh, we were invited together. With, we brought our daughter. We have three children, by the way, two boys and then uh, one girl. But early this year, we were invited to, I was invited to speak and discuss also GLC and CCF Singapore. And while I was there, every time I go to Singapore, I live in OMF, Overseas Missionary uh, Fellowship. They have a mission house there. And I chose that not because uh, it's cheap, but it's really cheap. Again, in check. So it's just $50 uh, per night. And so Singapore, not US, Singapore dollar per night. But I also chose that place because it's just beside Botanical Garden. Have you been to uh, Singapore? The Botanical Garden there? It's huge. It's a beautiful garden. Okay, and so I like going there and I like staying at the uh, at the OMF because every morning I want to jog. I like running. Okay, uh, five years ago I was really overweight and somebody introduced me to running. I started running and praise God, I cut down some weight. So I've been into running, running. Uh and so I enjoy botanical garden very much. But that morning I kind of feel heavy. My my heart says, "Lord, I don't know if you felt that way. I feel like giving up. I feel like saying, "Lord, ayoko na. Ayoko na. Lord. There's something wrong within me. I feel tired, probably burnout. Uh I feel like, "Lord, it's not worth it." Have you ever felt that way? That morning, that week, I've been feeling feeling down, and I was running, and I was communing with God. Are you aware that you can do that? And whatever you do, you can actually practice and experience the presence of God. And so while I was running, I was praying, communing with the Lord. Lord, how come I feel heavy? How come I feel this way? There's emptiness in my heart. And while I was running, the Lord spoke to me. I believe in a God that speaks. Is your God speaking to you? Is our God speaking to you? I believe in a God that speaks. And God spoke to me, not audibly during that time, but God has impressed in my heart and He gave me a verse and He gave me a song. Okay. First, let me give you the verse. While I was running, the Lord gave me Psalm 23, verse 1. Are you familiar with that? Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, I'm very familiar with that verse, being a pastor. But the Lord spoke to me using the second phrase of that verse. I shall not want. In another version, it says, I shall not be in want. Okay. And when the Lord gave me that verse, he said, Desmond, the reason why you feel this way, you feel empty, because your heart wants too many things in life. You want too many things in life. I want more recognition. Do you want recognition for what you do? I want more respect. Do you want more respect from your spouse, from your children, from your colleague? I want more rewards. Lord, my children are small and they're growing up. Sometimes I, I'm gripped with fear as to what will happen to, to these children, to, my, to our children in the future. Okay, I don't get paid well. Though honestly, we are paid well. I mean enough, but sometimes your heart deceives you telling, hey, it's not worth it. And so the Lord spoke to me saying, son, you want too many things in life. Even in ministry, I want more people to enroll in GLC, to have more graduates in GLC. So please, CCFLA, enroll. The Lord's convicted me you want too many things in life when in fact you only need one thing one thing and that is intimacy with god intimacy with him i don't need anything i don't need much in life in fact the bible says you only need one thing in life and what is that intimacy with the lord so the lord spoke to me and while i was running I feel ashamed before God, and I was actually uh, in tears. But I don't mind. Probably people are thinking, "Pati yung matanya pinapawisan." Okay. So probably they think I'm just it's just the sweat for because of runnings. But I was actually in tears. I felt so ashamed before God because again I started to serve God in my own terms. I thought that I can profit from serving the Lord. Okay. And the Lord reminded me, you only need one thing. Your heart is seeking after so many things, and therefore you're restless. And that's what we call the rat race of life. You go after so many things in life, and you become so tired. You want more and more and more of life. But your life, your heart is actually, can only be satisfied with intimacy with Jesus. And so I got convicted, I was steery-eyed, but you know the Lord is also a good God. He gave me a song. Now, you're, I'm sure you are familiar with this song. It's a very, very uh, sacred song. Sacred, uh, I think you've sung this many times. And the song goes this way. I want nobody, nobody but you. <laughs> sacred. I kid you not, while I was running, crying, the Lord impressed in my heart that wonderful song. I want nobody, nobody but you. And as if the Lord is telling me, Son, I want you to sing that song for me. That <laughs> in your heart, don't seek after so many things in life. Don't seek after worldly things. But just sing, into, sing in your heart, I want nobody or nothing else but Jesus. I had a heart problem. And because of that, I feel so down, I feel so bad, I want one thing to give up. And that's the first group. They said, serving God, following Him is useless, unprofitable. But they say that because they have an eye problem and they have a heart problem. I hope you don't have both. Now, there's a second group. And in verse 16, the Bible says, Then those who fear the Lord... In other words, this is now the second group. They fear the Lord. Fear means they honor Him. Fear means they revere and worship Him. What were they doing? Verse 16 says, they spoke to one another. In other words, they had a sharing together. And I think that's what we do in small group. People who want to grow in the Lord come together and they share Their experiences of God. And I think that's the picture right over here. Those who fear the Lord, they gather together and they share their experience of God, experience uh, in life with one another. They spoke to one another and the Lord gave attention and heard it. Okay, Are you aware that God hears everything? God knows everything. And so it says there, God gave attention and heard everything they said. So when you meet in your small group, be careful. Okay, because God knows and God hears everything, and not just hear them, it says there a book of remembrance was written, everything they said was written down before God for those who fear the Lord and who esteem His name, esteem His name, or honor his name. now, what did they what did these people say? Okay, well, in Malachi chapter three, we don 't know what they said, but Apparently, the Lord is pleased. Okay, It's implied in this passage that whatever they spoke with one another, and whatever the Lord heard, and He wrote it down in the book of remembrance, God is pleased with these people. I don't know what they said, but let me give you what godly men or other men say about following God. First of all, Abraham. Are you familiar with Abraham. What do you think Abraham would say about following God? Well, in Genesis 12, verse 1, Abraham said, The Lord said to Abraham, that's his name before God changed it. Okay, to Abraham, he said, Go forth from your country, very rich country, very wealthy, very prosperous, nice to live in. But God said to him, Go forth from that country, from your relatives and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. God did not tell him specifically where, but just go from this land, from this country to the place where I will show you. Not knowing where to go, Abraham followed. Okay. So, probably this is, if you are to interview, ask Abraham about what can you say about following God, I think this is what he will say. I will follow God anywhere. I will follow God anywhere. In CCF Manila, there are some people who came uh, to us for counseling, asking, Lord, should I leave the Philippines? Because there seems to be no hope in the Philippines. In other words, no work, no opportunity. Can I just leave? Now, is there hope elsewhere in America or somewhere else? Probably there are. Okay, But that's not the point. The question is, where is God Leading you. If God wants you to go to America, by all means go. But if God wants you to stay, by all means stay and God will take care of you. If that's what it takes to follow Him, will you stay or will you go? And for Abraham, I will follow God anywhere. I will be committed to Him wherever God leads me. How about Joshua, the general that uh, Moses loved so much. Okay, This is what he said. When Moses died, Joshua said, um, con- uh, confronting the uh, people of Israel, and he said, if it is not disagreeable in your sight, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. Are you familiar with this passage? Joshua was very emphatic as for me and my house, regardless of what people say. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And if you are to ask Him today, I think this is what He will tell us. I choose to follow God regardless. Whether you will choose Him or not, I choose Him. My family chooses God. How about Solomon? The wealthiest, the wisest, the most powerful man ever lived. And this is what he said about following God. This is the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God or honor Him. Keep His commandment. For this is the whole duty of man. So for Solomon, following God is the very purpose of my life. I exist only for this reason. That I may honor Him that I may glorify Him. How about Isaiah? The prophet Isaiah. Pastor Insong started with a verse from Isaiah. Isaiah 6, verse 5 to 8, the prophet Isaiah said upon beholding or witnessing the presence of God, this is what he said, Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. After God appeared to him, Isaiah said, Woe is me. Another translation for woe is me is curse is me for I am ruined. Now, some people will say, wow is me for I am great. Okay. In other words, the arrogant will say, wow is me. Sa Tagalog, believe sa sarili. Okay? But not Isaiah. Woe is me in all humility for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with thongs. And this is what happened. He touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. And verse eight, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? What did I say? I said, Here I am, send me. Most people will say, "Here I am," but send him, send them, not me. But Joshua said, "Here I am, send me." In other words, what Joshua, I what what I say saying is this: serving God, following Him is a privilege. I don't deserve it. I am a man of unclean lips. Woe is me! But God appeared to him. God chose him. And to him, following God is a privilege. Paul, the Apostle Paul, and this is what he said in Philippians 1.21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Following Christ to Paul is everything. It means life and death. What about you? What do your hearts say about following Jesus? What do your heart say about following God? Now, quickly, let me tell you, let me give you three reasons why you and I ought to follow God. Three reasons why it's worth following God. And I hope that at the end of this message, as you contemplate, as the Lord ministers to you through His Word, I hope that you will say it's worth following God. Yes, there will be sufferings from time to time. You will be tested from time to time, but it's worth following God. Why? Let me give you three reasons why. Number one, because God will ultimately remember and reward your service. God will ultimately remember and reward your service. He will not forget your commitment towards Him. Verse 16 in Malachi. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord gave attention and heard it. And it says that a book of remembrance was written before Him for those who fear the Lord and who esteem His name. Now, I don't know if you're familiar about this book of remembrance, but let me tell you, in the Middle Eastern culture, are you familiar with the story of Esther? The book of Esther. Mordecai. Those stories. Esther's uncle did the king good. Okay? And the good he did for the king was written down in the book called the Book of Remembrance. And in the Middle Eastern culture during the time of the Old Testament, kings write many things. Okay, that, what, what happened that day in what they call the Book of Remembrance for the purpose that... The day will come when sometimes the king will say, Can I have the book? And that's what happened in the book of Esther. And the book of remembrance were read back to him. And he said, What happened to this man who helped me? And because it was read back to him, the king remembered the good thing that was done to him. And he rewarded Esther's uncle. And that's what the Lord is saying here. The things you do for God... The things you give up to follow Him. They are written in the book of remembrance. As if the Lord is saying, yes, I will remember. I will never forget the things you do for me. And one day, if not today, I will reward your commitment. That's what the Lord is saying. You know, I don't know about you, but is this your experience? When I do good, my boss never remembers. When I do wrong, my boss never forgets. Is that your experience? Well, you can change the word boss from, When I do good, my wife never remembers. When I do good, my husband never forgets. Is that your experience? I hope not. But if that is your experience, I'm here to tell you, God will never forget the good you do for Him. When you follow Him, the promise of God is that He will remember them and He will reward you for it. He will reward us for it. God will remember and reward us for our commitment. Because of your commitment, God will remember. And that's His promise in Exodus 23 verse 25. But you shall serve the Lord your God and He will bless your bread and your water and I will remove sickness from your Mids. And 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, bodily discipline is only of little profit. Okay, If you love running, that's prof- profitable but only a little. But godliness, honoring God, following Jesus is prop- profitable for all things. Since it holds promise both okay, for this present life and also to the life to come. That's the blessing. You and I can enjoy when we follow the Lord. Not just in the next life, but even in the present life. Do you believe that? That you and I will still see the goodness of God even now in the land of the living. And that's the promise of the Lord that He will remember and He will reward our service. Second reason why it's worth following God. Because God will treasure and treat us as his children. It says there in verse 17. They will be mine. Okay. These people who follow me. They will be mine. Says the Lord of hosts. On the day I prepare my own possession. I will spare them as a man spares his own son. Who serves him. You know one day. God and Satan. Uh, as You see it in, uh, in the book of Job. Satan sometimes dare God and, and he appeared before him and said, God, do you see in the world there's a lot of people there, these people who do certain things, evil things, in short. Satan said, these people are mine. Okay? And just like in the time of Job, sabi niya, did you see Job? Is a man pure of heart? Sabi ni God, he is mine, and there are many like him. They are mine. Okay, So, they have that exchange. Sabi ni Satan, they are mine. God said, no, look at these people, they are mine. At one point, God said, do you see those people in LA? Those who gathered in, is this Pasadena? The CCF LA church, do you see them there? Worshipping me, listening to Pastor Desmond attentively. Sabi ni God, they are mine. And so Satan looked at CCFLA. He looked at them and he said, But God, do you see those people there sleeping? <laughs> Satan said, they are mine. <laughs> Kanino kayo? Just a few more minutes, brothers. Just a few more minutes. Why follow Him? Because He will treat us and treasure us as His children. You and I will be considered His priceless possession. My own treasure, my own possession. He will treasure you. He will treat you as His own children. Now, I don't know about you, but I am like my predecessor. My staff now, that's my predecessor over there. (laughs) My staff now in training they accuse me of being a slave driver i don't know about you but finally they call me a slave driver daming pinapagawa ni pastor des okay he asked us to do a lot of things here and there okay so sometimes they finally call me i ah, si pastor des that he's a slave driver okay now i don't know about you but you and i serve people we have a boss okay but in this life, whether you like it or not, you will serve somebody or something. But if you are to serve somebody anyway, may I recommend that you serve God instead. Because God is a far better boss than your husband. He's a far better boss than your wife, than your pastor, than your real boss or earthly boss. God will not treat you according to your performance. In fact, before God, if you serve Him, if you honor Him, he, you are not just a CEO in His kingdom. Okay? In fact, He will transform you and make you into a COO. Ano COO? Child of the owner. And that's who we are in the kingdom of God. We're not just workers for God. The Bible says, if you receive Him to those who believe in His name, to them He gave the right to become what? Children, children of God. He will treat you, He will treasure you like His own child. Somebody said, there are three most important things you need in life. You need to ask yourself. The first one, the third one, let me begin from the third one, who to marry. Three M's, who to marry. Second, what is your mission in life? But the most important question you need to ask yourself is, who is your master? Because whether we like it or not, we will serve somebody or something. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether God or mammon. You will run after them anyway. You will run after things anyway. Why don't you run after God and seek Him only? Third, because God will divide ultimately and distinguish us from those who don't serve. And that's what he said. You will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and one who does not serve Him. I've been in service for 22 years. And I kid you not, there were many times I want to give up. But what keeps me going? What keeps many of our pastors and many of our workers Going and serving and honoring God in spite of the difficulty is the fact that one day Jesus will return again. Do you believe that? But this time when he returns, it will no longer be as a suffering servant, just like the first time he came. No longer as a sacrificial lamb to die on the cross for your sins and mine. When he comes again, he will come as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He will come to judge. And when that day comes, God said, I will bring my rewards with me. And that's what the Bible says here in Malachi. Continue serving Him. Follow Him regardless, no matter what. Why? Because one day, He will again distinguish you, set you apart from those who don't serve Him. Today, you may see the wicked prospering. Today, you may see them go away and escape from what they have done. But the day will come, God said, I will distinguish you. I will make the difference. You will see the difference between someone who gave his life for God and those who don't. God will make that distinction. Do you want God to distinguish you? Set you apart. That's His promise. If you and I will be committed to following Him. Three simple reasons why we ought to follow the Lord. Why? Because he will remember and reward our service. Second, he will treat, he will treasure us as his children. And third, he will divide and distinguish us from those who don't serve. I may suffer now, but the day will come when God returns and he will bring his rewards with him for those whose lives honor him. You know, I would like to end by sharing with you my, my favorite verse. My favorite verse is found in Romans 10, verse 11. The verse says, Those who believe in Him will not be disappointed. Those who believe in Him will not be disappointed. Brothers and sisters, I'm here with you today to challenge you to put your trust in Jesus. Why? Because He promised that you and I will not be disappointed. And in my experience, having placed my trust in Him time and time again, God has proven Himself to be a far better master than myself, than anyone, and anything else in this world. So I choose to serve Him. I choose to follow Him. Will you do the same? May I request everyone to please stand up as we close in prayer. If the Lord has spoken to you today and you want to commit your life to Jesus, make Him your Lord and make Him your Savior, then I pray that you will do that now by following me in a simple prayer of acceptance. In your heart, just whisper a prayer to Him and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for the wrongdoings I've done in my life. And thank you for coming the first time to die on the cross for my sins, offering forgiveness, offering the free gift of salvation. I accept you now as my Lord and as my Savior. I commit myself to you and I ask that you will help me as I commit myself to follow you into discipleship that my, i may indeed become as you transform me to be a committed follower a disciple of jesus thank you for the free gift of eternal life thank you for your promise that if we put our trust in you we may have some sufferings left and right but that they will come when you will make the distinction that they will come when you come with your rewards. And great is your reward for those who will honor you. Thank you, Father, that you honor those whose lives honor you. And so, Father, I pray for myself and I pray for every one of us here that our lives will be pleasing to you. That we may indeed honor you in every way as you empower us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you and God bless you.
0: Thank you, Pastor Desmond. Please be seated before we break out.